0: What's up, everybody? My name is Indy, and that gentleman next to me in the amazing hat is Mr. Jay Powell from Powell Group Consulting, and welcome to Indie Game Business, and today we've got our Arnaud Planch. And did I say that right? Close enough? Close enough. Okay. And this is working with the publisher while releasing your first Indie game, and this is going to be amazing because this first Indie game is humble. is the publisher, so this is going to be awesome. Uh, Don't forget to unmute in discord. I was going
1: to say, yeah, make sure you unmute discord. Um, Yeah. All right. So uh, let's start at our favorite place. Tell us how you got into the industry initially and then walk us through your career up to this point.
2: One second, because I'm getting like a double feedback and add uh, add a little bit. So you might have like a little bit of delay in the, the questions.
1: um did, did you need me to repeat the question i do need to repeat the question okay so tell us how you originally <laughs> got into the industry and then walk us through your career up to this point great so wow well,
2: i'm sorry i get like a double double echo of it from like 20 second seconds after
0: afterwards Make so sure that's you've got me muted trying... in Discord. Yeah, and make sure you might also have a, a window open as well. So you might be hearing it on LinkedIn or YouTube or. There we go.
2: I managed to fix it. I unmuted, muted
0: back again, and now we're all back. All right. Sorry. Awesome. <laughs> all right.
2: So we are all good.
1: Can you repeat oh, the question? And I, then now, I'm, now I'm
2: fine. <laughs> now I'm all good.
1: All right. So how did you get into the industry initially? And walk us through your career up to this point. Right. So how did I get into the
2: industry um, like this? I mean, honestly, this is the first game that we're doing. Uh, and like pitching was the very first exercise and way to get into the industry that I got. Um, before that, I was working... In a company that was do that is doing automatic QA monitoring, so I was kind of like in the QA department of this. It was a DevOps um, kind of job. Um, so I did that. I progressed into this company where I kind of was moved more towards management and then marketing. And then after a while, I ended up being really passionate about game developments and wanting to push this game specifically and work on this game and i uh, I started you know the demo and pitching it, and I found people to work on it with uh, and and yeah, fast forward four years and we're finishing up the game with all that stuff. and now I feel like I'm saying like I'm getting into the industry for the first time. Um, so yeah. You are muted,
1: Jay, for me. Now we are having all kinds of wonderful <laughs> issues morning, and they're mainly Perfect. my fault. Okay, so once again, tell us a little bit about the game, and then we'll get into the questions, but give us a foundation here so we know what we're looking at. Right, so
2: Wild the Iron's Hot is a like crafty blacksmith's adventure game, um, so it's basically a very chill wholesome game where you just follow the story of a blacksmith in a fantasy land and you just kind of, you know, have great tunes and it's a pixel art game Um, and you just, yeah, you just enjoy kind of being a blacksmith in a fantasy land and the story is kind of quirky and funny and, and all that, so it's it's a relaxing simulation of a blacksmith with some quirky...
1: Story building elements. All right. So, at what part in the development process did you start pitching to publishers? Um, so, before
2: starting with the before starting pitching with the publisher, we kind of worked quite a long time on getting a demo that was polished. Um, so, we had about kind of an hour of of content with all the pieces printed in a very different state. Like the game evolved a lot ever, after, even after that. But it was about, we had about an hour of a demo uh, that we were feeling comfortable with. Uh, and that's when we started being, you know, confident in our kind of ability to be able to pitch. Uh, And, like, show what we had in mind. Uh, Because before that, we were a little bit scared that just, you know, not having a demo would be detrimental to, like, you know, sharing what we actually wanted to do.
1: Um, So, yeah. And so once you were pitching the game and you started talking to the publishers, so roughly, I mean, do you remember how many publishers that you pitched before Humble picked up the game? So our pitching process I feel like
2: was a little unusual. Uh it was mainly supported by Twitter. So we pitched to about four four publishers I, I would say um in in stages. So we first were so I started kind of sharing the game through Screenshot Saturdays and and you know sharing stuff on on Twitter um and that got us some some questions and some interest by publisher. So we first started pitching to one other publisher who uh, kind of first saw that very first version of the demo. And that went, you know, like, not great. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, It went not great uh, and we had a couple of other interests from, you know, a bunch of other publishers, uh, but because of like the feedback from That one publisher, which granted might not have been the greatest decision to uh, do this based on just one feedback. But we ended up kind of going back to the drawing boards and taking that feedback and applying it to making kind of like the core loop and the core concept of the game more cemented and fun. Uh, And that took us an extra three or four months to do the changes. And after that, we had the demo that we ended up pitching to three, three other publishers in addition to this one. So four total. Uh and uh yeah, and then we started kind of like talking and, and seeing it. But the the pitching was the the process we went through it was always kind of like we got an interest on we shared on Twitter. We got an interest from people who were interested in hearing us pitch it. And then we kind of got the opportunity to present the pitch and the demo and all that. Um, Other than that, there was a bunch of other publishers that we tried emailing, but um, I wouldn't even say that we
1: really got that, that far. That's beyond impression, impressive. If you only really had to start pitching to four different publishers and you, you got a publisher that quickly. I mean, that's, I I I say we got very lucky. <laughs> we
2: got we got extremely lucky. I think it was at the moment where Humble was kind of like receptive uh for a game like that. We got lucky that our tweet got onto the, the you know the feed of the of a team member at Humble and it was just a whole lot of luck uh, more than I think is recognized. It's, it's just is a lot of luck into the into the process. Uh, sometimes.
1: Uh, there, I mean, there is. I will wholeheartedly agree to that. There are many, <laughs> many deals and things that have happened in my career that I would love to say was the, you know, result of planning and dedication. In reality, it was just I emailed the right person at the right time and <laughs> there or I ran into him at a conference or something along those lines. So, yeah, I, I, I agree with you. All right. So, you know, my next question is along the lines of, you know, what sort of hurdles you faced when you were pitching but you already mentioned one of them so talk a little more about the and obviously you don't need to name the publisher but the feedback that you got from that first publisher and why it was a mistake or was not a mistake to tweak the game based on one publisher's thoughts at the end of the day i don't
2: think it was a mistake to tweak it based on one publisher's thoughts. We really liked the game and we really liked what we had. Um, But it is true that kind of like that first feedback was basically showing us that like there is a lot of just blocks to the player's experience. There's a lot of things that the player in a game like this is expecting to want to be doing and that they couldn't do or it was frustrating because the way we we're doing it was prohibiting kind of bit more of the so it's a it's a blacksmith's game where you have to create items right and the way we had it before was a lot more it was very much you know like we followed the blacksmith's process from smelting you and got to the anvil to even the heat treatment at the end and all that stuff and we really like it because it was really nice to be able to see and and play like you would be in a a forge granted it was you know a game um but we had all this stuff and we thought it was really nice but that feedback kind of really showed us that it was interesting but it was not the definition of of a fun game I would say um so we went back back to the drawing board and and basically the the question was to go from how do we keep those elements of like the blacksmiths, but incorporate it in a way that it's, you know, gamified and, you know, like people have fun playing it. Um, and that that feedback was just a lot, little bit, I don't remember specifically every like stuff that he said, but that there was a lot of little elements that kind of
1: like pushed us into this this direction. All right. And, and we've already got our first question coming in from Tim at Serenity Forge. Did the pitch get shorter or longer over time? I don't,
2: I think it's, <laughs> all right. so it was the same amount of slides. Uh, the demo became a little bit longer. Uh, so before that the demo was about 30 minutes and at the end it was about 40, 50 minutes. Um. So, I would say, I don't think it got like the pitch itself stayed the same length, but the amount of like work that went into the demo to kind of prove every elements of the pitch and every pillars of the game had to be a little
1: longer that portion of like the demo. So it was. It was. The fundamentals of the game stayed the same. So the pitch deck itself didn't really need to change. It was just more of, I like what you say, proving those points. Because yes, that is a huge part of of a successful pitch. It's one thing to have a slide deck that says you're going to do all these things. It's another one to actually have a demo that backs all that up. Um, So next question. How did you know that one hour was the right length for the demo?
2: We didn't. It was... (laughs) purely out of feel it was like you know what if we want to be able to like share what we want to do with this game we want to take this the player through like this this segment of the journey this is what we want the player to be doing and it kind of ended up being that like everything we want to show the player ended up taking about an hour to do um so it, it was kind of feel uh, really it was I think it probably it won't be an hour for every demo. Like if your game is more of a fast pace, you know, pick it up and play. It. You can probably show with a shorter, shorter thing. But yeah.
1: So why a blacksmithing game? there i mean and we are seeing a ton of, we were talking before how i've been like engrossed in dave the diver lately despite the fact that the sharks hate me and <laughs> and by the way shark week being on tv is a very bad thing for me right now playing that game because it's just like oh sharks Let me go get some um <laughs> we're seeing a lot of these types of games come out they're very popular why blacksmithing i love forging fire i think it's <laughs>
2: Forge in Fire was just that show that I would look at with my dad and I would be like, damn, this is like really cool. And I I, I lived in Manhattan, so there was no way I could get to a forge <laughs> to do anything else. And the only option was to make something about a blacksmith.
1: And yeah. <laughs> Surely, somewhere in New York, we can find a forge. There ha- Surely, it may yeah. be in areas that you don't necessarily <laughs> want to go to, but somewhere in Manhattan, in New York, there is one. So, Surely, yeah. aside from you know implementing the feedback, tweaking the demo, what were some of the other hurdles that you came across in the whole process of pitching? It's it was hard
2: sometimes to to keep I think the biggest hurdle is keeping the the momentum going so like you know you've got your game you've got your pitch and you're feeling comfortable about it and you only sign with if you do sign with a publisher you only sign with one publisher and it's not like you know I mean best case scenarios you get yes answers everywhere but every every no you get is kind of like a a like stick in your wheel and it's sometimes hard to get back up and being like, oh I know it's still good and this is how we can fix it and all that stuff. Um, so this was definitely a, a hurdle in the into the in the pitching journey of being like, all right, well, that was another no, but we'll just you know you know keep it up and hopefully later down the line we'll find someone that likes it and all that stuff um so yeah, those moments. Are not fun. Uh, they are they are good though for the game because it it does end up adding stuff and modifying things that you wouldn't have otherwise. Um, so I would say I would say that was kind of like the biggest thing, especially because you work on the game for like a long time. You're a small team. You put a lot of care into it, uh, and it kind of you feel like it's the end, but you kind of, you know, it's not, you know, there's still a little bit of it and keeping yourself through that, that momentum was a little bit of a a tough slope sometimes. So
1: how big is the team?
2: So when we, ver- when we first started, it was just me trying to learn pixel art. Uh, <laughs> and I think if you go on my Twitter and you scroll down all the way back, you see like the first version of the character. Um, so the, at, at first the team was, like that. Uh, and then I met a a. I mean, my my game dev partner now. He's the one who designed it, designed it with me. He's the one that does all the pixel art. We met on a Unity job board, uh, which I'm always impressed. Another bit of luck into it. Um, but there was a job board back a few years ago on Unity. I don't know if it's still up. But so we met on this. Um, and the team grew to like two people. We worked on the pitch mostly together. Um, i mean solely together like the demo and until we had a publisher we were just the two of us um we had kind of like a freelance audio person um that joined us and did the the sound effects and the music for the demo um so technically two three at the, uh, certain points of development once we signed we grew the team to five people we brought in someone to help us kind of um tweak the, the dialogue and make sure that the because it's a game that's very based on the narration and kind of like the dialogues and the characters you see. So we brought in someone to help us build uh, that aspect. Uh, and then we also brought in a second artist. Um, so m- for most of the development, we were we ended up being five while working with the publisher. Uh, and then, as the program, as the projects moved forward, and as we kind of finished some of the aspects of the game, we had to, you know, like some people left, and and now we're three: um, one artist, one audio composer um, who does everything audio, audio-wise. Um, the other person, Tiago, who's kind of designer and pixel art, and me, who's a programmer and designer.
1: So we had a a great talk last week about dealing with community and and social anxiety. And so, you know, what you're talking about with the with all the nose that you get in kind of factors into that as well. What did you do? I mean, we can always say, Oh, you just get over it and you you have thick skin and you go, but there's beyond that. So how did you and the team handle the nose and the negative criticism until you actually got the, you know, a publisher on board.
2: Um, you know, sometimes uh, it's, it's hard to say it, but sometimes you don't handle it. You no, know, you have like people around you that help you with it and like put you back up and show you the way. So I, <laughs> I didn't handle it. I had a great support system around me that was like, you know, showing me like, you know, this is, this is really fun. I have a lot of fun playing it. Keep, keep pushing. Um. So, I don't know how like my game dev partner Tiago handled it p- particularly, but I know for me it was just having people around you that kind of like supported supported me in the right ways, you know, not blind supported, blind support. Um, but it was, yeah, having people around, and uh, and at the end of the day, it's just you know it's your project and you care about it and. And if you if you if you do care about it, you just you know pick up and keep going despite the no. Um, but it helped a lot having the right people around you.
1: All right. I can already tell this is going to be one of those days that my job is going to get very, very easy because we've just got questions piling in from the <laughs> audience. I um, let, let me attack one of them real quick. So, uh, Christoph says if you decide to approach a publisher, what's the compensated percentage, or how does that work? Because those it's going to vary dramatically from publisher to publisher, and we can't go into specifics on deal terms right now because we're yeah, yeah public. But, um, for those of you who are, wor- are worried about that or questions about that, um, hit us up in the Discord chat and I can give you some guidelines, but also we've got multiple free online courses on our Teachable page now that goes through all of that as well. So, yeah. Um, That's a great answer. (laughs) Great answer, we can't go into it, but I'll tell you how you can find out. All right, so what were some of the most significant challenges you encountered during the development process and how did you overcome them? I think, so
2: one of the first challenge was kind of like, how do you make a blacksmith fun? Um, and then there's, like you said it, there's a lot of blacksmiths came out there. So how do you make it fun, but also different from what you know you can see everywhere else? Um, and for us, it was making it calm and soothing rather than hammering and managing and managing sales and all that numbers. And there's a lot of really smart ways that people approach the like blacksmithing job. Uh, but for us, it was making it, you know calm and fun, so using the story to kind of like make it fun and quirky and and support what you do in the game through kind of like the people that you meet. Uh, so using narrative element, narr- narrative elements to support the gameplay. Because um, being a blacksmith in a forge, it can be, you know, repetitive um so
1: (laughs) make five daggers and then come back to me
2: yeah so so that was that was that was one challenge uh kind of making make five daggers and come back to me fun um (laughs) Uh, and then the other the other one was making it kind of just not boring but still into it because i feel like when you're talking about blacksmiths, you're in the forge and it's cool and you're forging and you're seeing the creation. And, and when you're in the game, you don't have as much of that textile element. So you have to rely on different, different things. Um, so crafting the mini game so that it remains interesting throughout the whole game, that it doesn't become repetitive. Uh, all those like little tiny tweaks and tiny questions that you have that end up being big deals if you don't get to it. Um. Yeah. Did that answer the question? Yeah. I feel like, yeah.
1: Well, I mean, tr- truthfully, it's, it's up to all the people watching and we have a significant number of people in the chat right now. So, um. but yeah, that is exactly what you need to know. All right. So next one. How do you plan to engage with your community and players after the game's launch? Are there any post-launch updates or content expansions in the pipeline?
2: I'll answer the second part of the question first. But uh, are there anything in the pipeline? Since this is like our first game, we have really focused on just making sure that what we push at the finish line is going to be like, you know, finished and polished and, and fun. So we haven't put a lot of thoughts into what comes after um, and <laughs> it, it ends up being a lot of brain power just to f- finish it. Um, but how do how do I plan to engage with the community? Um, I was listening to your, your talk that you mentioned, the one that you had last week about social anxiety and community management. So I feel like listening to that would be a better better answer than what I could give. I have a lot of social anxiety, like many in the industry. So it's really tough for me to engage in the community. And you might, like, if you look at my Twitter, you'll get the feeling that I I engage when I have something that I feel like I have to say, but I have a hard time always being out there, which is not not good. Um, it's, It's better to be visible and to talk and bring attention to your game. I have a really hard time with this. So I've just kind of been focusing on on sharing what I feel is 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 funny and cool as much as I can and reply replying to the like the discussions on on Steam and all that and just I've just yeah <laughs> just trying to share what I feel is cool about the game and and engage the community in a way that's like hey I've, I've done We've done this it's cool and if they have a feedback we'll you know we'll read it and we'll consider it and we try to work it in if we feel like it's a it supports kind of like the 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 pillars of the game um i reply to everyone that i see or that i have the time to um but yeah
1: yeah so i mean that brings up a good point when you're talking about Marketing community management, and we get a lot of developers are like, Well, I don't, I didn't do any marketing for my game. I'm like, Well, you're all over Twitter and Reddit, so you did. You didn't consider that marketing, but that is marketing. Yeah. How much time per week would you say went into the various promotion aspects that you were working on? So,
2: the marketing aspect of it for me. Is it's kind of broad. Like I feel like I was doing marketing a lot more before I had, you know, support of humble than I'm doing now. Um. So like before having a publisher, I would keep it kind of like every Saturday night, except if there is like something big happening. But as as many Saturdays as I could, I would do at least a, sil- a like a silly tweets or a hey, this is what we've been doing tweets using like the screenshot Saturday. So it would be like about at least an hour every Saturday, I would force myself to do it. So that was before getting the publisher. While we were getting the publisher, um, I was kind of in that mindset and it was, I was slipping down on the Saturday. So I would say it would be like, you know, it started becoming a Saturday every two weeks or so. Um, and I started, like, slipping and being more, like, as the development process continued, I started slipping and doing less marketing uh, aspect and focusing on the on the publishing aspect because now I felt like, all right, I'm, I have the support I need to get this game through. And I know that, you know, like, they'll have, a, they'll have a plan for marketing the game when it reaches time to start marketing the game and all that. So now I spend a lot less time thinking about it. Um, I still, but I still, you still have to do it. Um, so, like, I still try to do on Saturdays. During the demo that we released for Steam Fest, uh, you were constantly a lot more on it because you start getting your first feedback in a while, your first real player feedback and all that stuff. So, during the first few weeks, uh, during the first few weeks of, uh, of, of releasing the demo, we were really on it. I was doing a lot of it, um, of, of replying to the people and there being, it would be like an hour every day where I would just log in, reply to the discussion post on Steam, look at the Twitter videos, look at kind of like the, the YouTube comments that would be coming out. Um, so I think it varies. Right now, it kind of like slowed down a little bit after next fest as we're pushing out, finishing, pushing out the bugs and, and polishing and everything. Um, but throughout the whole project, to answer the questions, the question throughout the whole project, I would say an hour every week is kind of like the a good representation of how much marketing I did.
1: So, were there particular channels, sites that were more effective than others because you know the ongoing changes at Twitter slash X and Reddit and. Now TikTok, where where do you feel like you got the most traction? I, it's gonna it's not gonna be a a good answer, but
2: I <laughs> the most traction was on Twitter for me, uh, but it was on also the only platform I was doing marketing on. Oh, um, okay. so I don't really have a lot of other points of elements, and the reason for that is it was a much different time on Twitter um and if it felt like the only social media where i could just you know talk about the game and not have to put you know pictures and be kind of behind without having because i don't really like talking about myself and twitter was like kind of the only one where i could just be like this is the game this is the, the one we're working on
0: Are you looking for a publisher for your game well we have something special just for you it's the most comprehensive listing of pc console and mobile publishers in the industry over 700 companies sorted by platform with links to their websites you can get the list at www.powellgroupconsulting.com slash publisher list and you can get it for free check it out
1: This is where we're at. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Keep it simple. Um, all right. Qu- question from Naxal. Did you attend any conferences before or while pitching your game to publishers to showcase it? I
2: didn't. Um, it, it, I've heard that it's very useful to do. I've done my first GDC like last year uh, to meet some of the, the people that I work with. And it is super helpful. So I would definitely recommend doing it. I didn't. Um, and I you know, like wish I had done it just to meet other other developers um, that are also working on their stuff.
1: So could you share some insights into the game's development timeline and budget management? Were there any unexpected hurdles that affected the resources and the scheduling? um hurdles
2: not that affected them drastically uh we've been pretty pretty good in terms of like hitting our dates um which i felt as a as a i'm gonna say it a lot but as a first team there's that pressure of being like oh we really need to you know make sure those those deadlines are hit when they need to be hit, uh and not later all that stuff uh, because you know you have that pressure of it's my first game it's my first job in the industry all that stuff so we were pretty good in terms of the timeline uh in and in terms of setting the timeline it was um it wasn't something that I had a lot of experience with prior to pitching and I was lucky enough that the person that I pitched the game to helped me out with that um and And you'll, I mean, the developer, game developer, indie developer community and the game developer community in general is very helpful. If you, if you ask, like, there's a lot of people that are willing to just help out, you know, you being one of them. Um, But it's just, the timeline was, I had the, I had the luck of having someone help me with the timeline. Um, And it was, it was. So the first, it was split into milestone where the first milestone was, you know, we want one hour vertical slice of what the game is going to be, which we were feeling pretty good about because, you know, we had already the demo. We had already started working towards that. And then after that, it kind of, you you plan, the second milestone for us was now, instead of an hour, you have, you know, like half of the game. And the third milestone was now you have everything that is Content completes, and you start, you know, getting feedback and all that stuff. uh Fourth milestone and fifth milestone, then it's just pol- pol- polishing and all that stuff. And we set up, we set the milestone with the person that I was pitching to in a way that it was, it was good for us as a development team that we had support, kind of like every every time we needed it. We were never at a point where we're like, oh wow, we really have to hit this milestone otherwise we don't know how we're gonna eat um (laughs) so we were always we had an expert eye to make sure we were planned properly um and i'm i'm supposing that it probably changed from project to project um but usually you you know there's a lot of resources out there for it but you have the beta the alpha the pre-alpha, the release candidate um, all that
1: stuff so that stuff. and this is going to be a bit of a unique question because it's also your first game but what has it been like working with a publisher and what what has happened, what, what didn't you expect to happen that has happened as a result of that um, so So
2: how was it like to be with a publisher, uh, to work with a publisher? It was, I can't, I mean, I'm I'm lucky that I went with the right team and the right publisher from what I feel like is the game and, and our team is. It feels like we're working with the right people. So it's been very helpful on kind of like every stages from being able to have feedback consistently through the process. To being able to set up kind of like other people playing the game and get more feedback to being localization, the QA team. Like they bring in a lot of support to just help us get to the finish line with, you know, still having in mind that it's not, it's like, it's our game that we push and they provide feedback, but it's still, we have, you know, creative license of being able to do the game how we envisioned it. Um so it's been incredibly helpful um having a publisher but having the right publisher in in Humble was extremely helpful um and it made the whole process a lot smoother what what i didn't expect would happen um i do have to take a, f- a few seconds to think about it but Um. all right it's I don't feel like I don't have any negative stuff to say about what I feel like should have happened didn't happen or shouldn't have happened and it did happen Um, what I didn't expect so I had a second job in that you know QA company that I, I mentioned uh, that helped me you know develop the process and you know keep building that team and the whole game was made to be like a you know a simple game that we did with a small team with the help of a publisher and it didn't have the grandeur of being like the only thing I I work on for the past year or two but being able to just focus on what I really wanted to do in the development process was something that I found really helpful and I didn't expect it to be I, o- I always expected that like in my position, I'll always be doing kind of like the fun stuff of development that I want to do, but also I'll be doing kind of the less fun stuff that I wanted to do, but I've I've been surprised at how much of the things that I enjoy I get to do, if that answers.
1: So what, wait, dance firing questions in here so fast, I'm, I'm missing them now. So go a little bit more into that with with the publisher aspect of it can you describe the the collaboration dynamics between you and your team and the team from the publisher um so me and my team we are
2: kind of in a space where we're able to to do what we feel is the best for the game, uh, and the publisher is is there to help us get there, uh, is how it feels like. Um, so they'll be providing, they'll be taking care, there will be stuff that is clear that that's that's what their responsibility is, and that's what they bring into this, you know, the table uh, in terms of of work. And, and I'm not talking just you know monetary support, but in terms of like you know, they do the QA and they set that up. And that's very, very helpful because I don't have to think about it. I know I'll have a team of of QA dedicated to testing the game. So they do all that stuff for us, but they're also not putting themselves in a a position where it's like, it's not because, you know, like they're supporting us as well, just as much in, well, I'm going to restart this. They're supporting us, just as much in terms of providing feedback but not forcing that feedback on us i guess is the is the term it's like it's there as a support but it's not there as a you as as a shackle as in like we're doing this for you so you have to take care of your feedback we have this separation this understanding that the development team is there to make you know the best of the game and the publisher is there to help the development team ship that game you know in the best state to as many people that would enjoy that game and all that stuff so i think we're pretty we have a good collaboration on this with with humble in that we have separate like responsibilities and we still lean on each other like they'll ask me for making sure that the marketing beats are okay and the language of what we want to, to tell and like what are the key points that we want to share and with the players before they buy and all that stuff they'll help you know they'll lean on me and ask them ask for info and i'll lean on them when it comes to feedbacks for how does the game feel and and all that stuff so that you know we have the head in it all day and it's nice to
1: uh all right, so let's dive a, a little more into that aspect of it because it was one of my next questions anyway. So we all know that when a publisher comes on board, funding is like one of the big things or possibly the biggest thing that they provide. Okay. What are some of these other things that you have, you know, on the support side and from, you know, just the general collaboration side that indie devs can expect to get from a publisher aside from just money? It's so.
2: I mean, I think usually publishers have like a list of of all that stuff that they that they offer. Um, But as a developer, I think it's it's really important to be with a publisher that can provide help in terms of. um, So for me, what was really important was the QA, the localization uh, and the production aspect of it, marketing, all that stuff. Um, Not the production aspect, but like the marketing aspect of it. So those three elements were almost more important than that fourth kind of like monetary budget reason, Um, just because having the people that can understand the game and believe in the game is going to really impact what they can do in terms of the marketing and how they market it. It's like the QA is going to really impact your game on release if you don't have a good QA. Um, Like it's super important to just, go through that process of QA, not if you don't have a good QA, but to do that QA, I should say. Like if your process of QA is not proper, like you'll end up with bugs. So that's why you need to like bring in people and have people and have support in that area. That is really important. The localization aspect is also was a a big thing for me because I do not know how to handle it. At all, and it was important for me that I have family in France that doesn't speak English. Um, you know, we worked with people from Ukraine that don't that have family that don't speak English from Brazil, so it was important for us to have like kind of like, well, other languages, so that the team, the team mem- the families, team members could speak it. So QA, localization, marketing were all like the three big things that I would hope a publisher always brings to
1: the table for the developer. So how has this been? How is this whole process? The journey's not over. I mean, you're you're the game is scheduled for Q4 this year, but so far through the process, how has all of this differed from any expectations of game development that you had initially?
2: I thought <laughs> it's been more stressful than I, I could have imagined uh, it, it's um, someone yeah it, it's been feeling like kind of running with a someone used that that comparison at the that I was talking to at the GDC but it's, it feels like running with a backpack full of rocks <laughs> so it, it just it feels stressful and tiring. But you still really want to do it because you're really committed to kind of like your backpack and bring your backpack to the end. <laughs> so it's it's been more stressful than I imagine. Um and it it's it never kind of dies down for me. It it's always, yeah, you, know, you work on it for three months and you know you've done like whatever you could, but now you reach the the milestone feedback and you have to you have to share what you've done and then <laughs> you wait for the feedback and you wait for how people are going to react. And so far we've had on, I mean, great surprises. So it's been great, but it's always more of a roller coaster of emotions than I expected. <laughs> so, would, I mean, how
1: do you deal with that? I mean, what, what are some of the things that you do to to step away and to unwind and to not just get overly burdened with the stress of the whole situation?
2: Um. <laughs> I I I mean, personally, I I get overly stressed, uh, and then I have to you know get back into deal with it and get back into a mode where, all right, now that this is passed, you get back to your normal routine of you know you eating right and or you know going to go do whatever workouts you want or to, to do your time off away from video games. It's been <laughs> how I get back into it is just. Back up and being like, now this is done. We've got the feedback. You just let it rest for a little bit. You go do some other stuff. You uh, you play other games for a week, uh, and then you get back into yours with fresh IDs, and that that helps a lot. <laughs>
1: All right. So we got about 15 more minutes. If you've got a question, if you're out there on YouTube or Twitch or LinkedIn or wherever you are, if you've got a question, pop it in chat, we'll get to it right here while we're live. Um, I had another one queued up and I completely lost my train of thought on it. Uh, Here we go from discord. Were there any significant changes or compromises that you had to make to align your vision with the publisher's expectations? There, there wasn't.
2: Um, I think at first we had a vision for the game that as first game developers, what we were doing wasn't very like as fun. So I wouldn't say it was aligned to the publisher. It was just aligned to making what we wanted to make a fun game. So we changed a lot of what our vision was originally. But it wasn't to fit a publisher, and once we got to the publisher stage, um, I mean, I, I obviously can't talk about like everything that goes on while you, you speak to the publisher and questions that they have, but it was never questions that were, would you be willing to do this? to make your game what we want to be of your game. It was always like, what are your plans for this? And you see if it aligns with what, you know, they would expect and they would hope. So we were never pressured into adding feedback or changing something. It was always, you know, what are your thoughts on this? Can you explain to us why you did this? And you you strike a conversation on this, but it, it was never...
1: We hate this, you need to fix this. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, to be realistic, if there were aspects of the game that they hated, they wouldn't have signed it. I mean, th- that's yeah. given that how many, you know, games publishers look at every single, you know, year, if it's something that drastic, and I think that's a, a potential red flag to developers out there. If you're talking to a publisher and they continue coming up with things that they just absolutely despise about the game that's not a good sign because that's best case scenario. That means they're going to sign with you and want you to drastically change what you're doing. So yeah, it's, it's good that there's that that back and forth and and it's not that they come in and they're just very heavy handed and we hate this aspect and you have to change this and yada, yada. Yeah. That was, that was a great addition. It was, it it happened
2: to us where during the process of pitching, one of the people that we're pitching to brought back and we're like, would you be willing to change? It was specifically on the way our characters looked. um, And it was asking if we were willing to change it. And it wasn't that we weren't willing to change it. It was just that that's what we wanted to do for, it wasn't that we weren't able to do it. It was just, we really weren't willing to change it. And we just wanted to do our characters with, you know, that style. And we just had to tell them, you know, like, no, that's just, our characters this is this is how we see the game this is what we can do this is what we want to do um and it just
1: kind of that'd be like okay <laughs> and,
2: and, and then it factors into the discussions but
1: you know that's an excellent point because one it's not easy especially like before you've got a contract signed when you're in that pitch negotiation process to say no we don't want to do that because so many developers are going to be like so happy that somebody's actually interested in the game that they're willing to change whatever you know just to make sure they get that deal and the game's going to actually get to market but that's a very that's very impressive especially for you know your first time out on a project to be able to say no this is the line in the sand that we're drawing and we're we're not going to capitulate on this yeah so <laughs> <laughs> one of the
2: biggest point of discussions was was with and it was and it, that's where you understand that like games is a business it was one of the biggest questions we had on every pitching process was on how long versus how much we were expecting to sell the game and that's why we had questions being like, would you be willing to make it longer or to sell it for less or to do all that stuff? And so they asked us those questions and then they were coming back up with, you know, like changes into this, this essentially the scope of it. Like, are you willing to make it the scope bigger to fit that, that price point that we were hoping to fit that gap into our portfolio or whatever the, the reason is. But yeah, that was the one thing that was the most kind of always asked about.
1: So this is always a, an interesting question because it varies from you know project to project as well. But how long did it take from your first conversations with Humble to the point that the contract was actually signed? <laughs> uh, almost
2: almost too long (laughs) it was no it 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 felt like it was going fast in terms of what what people like getting answers back to my email and all that stuff but it was just it was a long process as in you know you spend a lot of time on your phone looking at your emails being like oh i just sent an email (laughs) like when are they going to answer uh, they haven't answered in a week, is because they hate the project and they skipped it or whatever It, it was a long time. It was about I want to say almost six months of like going back and forth in the wow. discussion between the moment we were like, here's our demo to the moment we are like that you can
1: start that that is a long process. I mean we usually see on average four months. so having but that's something everybody's got to take into account. I mean, it's when you're looking for a publisher it's not one of those things that you can say okay look we're going to run yeah. out of money in six weeks we need a publisher let's start looking for one because you're yeah. you're going to run out of money that's just the reality of it you're not going to get a deal done that quick yeah when it came and- to the technical or you know any particular design challenges was there a specific feedback or resources that you were able to bring to bear due to your you know relationship with humble um,
2: yes, we had so one of the pieces of feedback that Humble kind of got us to understand without putting it on us. It was not like, Do you see that? It was more like, You know, what do you think about this? And they got us to see it, it was that early on into the project, we had combat. Um, because you know, blacksmiths, you make swords, you want fights, and it was kind of it took us a little bit of the process to kind of be shown that like hey like maybe that's something that you should cut and to focus on the other aspect of the game and kind of refocus on on what you did so i would say i would say technically speaking there was a few design aspects or design decisions that we took that humble kind of was able to at being an external kind of point of view on this, on the process, the situation, what the game is, was able to kind of be like, I know this makes, like, it would make sense and it would be cool, but maybe that's not the right direction for kind of like, you know, what do you, do you think is the right direction for this game? And do you think that's really needed? Will the player, like, really expect it? Is there a way that you can focus on the, well, technically, Specifically speaking, the exploration and the story aspect of it, without focusing on the and removing the combat. So now in the game, there's no combat at all, and we're able to focus on the other stuff. So technically,
1: having that person help you scope was helpful. Uh, that you know saves you development time. You know streamlines the game itself. There's a whole lot of added benefits. You know to, yeah. to that side of it as well. All right, so this is one of the ones that we call a wholesome game. So let's talk about that real quick. What does, what does that term mean to you? And why did you decide to go that route versus like the hardcore, this is a Forge simulation type title? Um, so
2: first there's already quite a few Forge simulators. Like people have been doing them and it wasn't something I, I was, I, I'm not a person that is really into making something like hardcore, like making it like super into it and super hard and super close to what it is and all that stuff. So that's, that's not something that I'm, 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 I enjoy doing in games, nor do I enjoy, nor do I kind of know how to design for it. So that was out of the question. Uh, and then the other aspect was you know like how you just like how do you make it different um, and for us making it different would be to make a game about a blacksmith where you can just get home at the end of the day and just you know kind of relax just not uh, it's not it's it's for you know a group of people that is you know just want to relax at the end of the day Where you just it's not stressful and that's i think that's what wholesome means to me it's just a a a wholesome wholesome game being like you know it's not stressful you come in you just have a good time and hopefully a good laugh because you've seen a a character or that made you laugh or whatever and then for me that's 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 wholesome that's just this this is like aspect of not being stressful and i do play stressful game that i love sometimes where you're just into it and you love it this one is just you're into it and you just kind of rests and reset At the end all of right
1: the day. so last question here and then then we'll wrap it up and let you get back to the, the wonderful world of development from the discord was trailer creation something that you took up yourselves or did the publisher have a part in it uh, it's
2: it's the publisher the publisher is the one driving that trailer creation um and and yeah, that's part of the marketing and they're doing it and they ask for input and feedback in what we're
1: thinking and if we have any plans. But at the end of the day, it's it's them driving it. Oh, that's good. I mean, because that's another one of those things that you know that publisher's gonna bring to the table because yeah. when you're a mom, you don't a have the time, a lot of times you don't have the the experience and the know how to put together something that's going to be Engaging because we all know if you don't catch somebody's attention within the first five seconds, then they're gone and they're going on to the next thing. So, Arnold, thank you so much. This is awesome. It's always wonderful to get you know that perspective, and I'm going to say it's also nice to have someone who came up and learned the stuff through indie game business now be on the show and that's amazing, benefiting from it. So. Thank you for being a part of the community as well. Yeah. Well, thank you for the resources that you share and all the, all the, all the stuff because it
2: is really helpful and it does kind of clear up a lot of the questions that you have
1: when you get into that point of the process being like, what am I going to do? Now? <laughs> <laughs> well, if it makes you feel any better, I still have a lot of those days where I'm like, what am I going to do with this? <laughs> but, you know, that part never gets old. Um, um Check out the game. We have a link to it. We'll put it up on the site again. It is called
0: While the the Iron's iron's Hot. hot. And I'm glad that this is over so I can go back and play the demo I was playing before. (laughs) Right? This is not a paid promotion, but I'm so glad that this is over because I want to go back and play it because it was having so much fun. Uh, But thank you so much, Arno. Also, thank you so much to Tripwire Presents for being an amazing sponsor. And just like pepster says, get ready to unlock a whole new world of expert advice and incredibly and an incredibly welcoming community by joining the indie game business discord today. It's discord.gg slash indie game business. And if you haven't done it yet, what are you waiting for? Right. Oh, we have a merch store now. Does that mean yeah. I can get
1: me an indie game business hat? You, you uh, actually, I think you can, Um <laughs> Pebs can you pop up the merch store? Because I don't know what the link is. Um there it is. Yes. So um oh, cool. we, we we have we finally have real merch. So anyway, if you want random stuff with our logo on it,
0: there you go. I'm looking all right. At it. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, I'm doing the outro, aren't I? Um I was <laughs> looking at the merch. I was looking at the merch thank you so much arno thank you jay and uh everyone have an amazing weekend and check out while the iron's hot and uh you'll see what some good you some good uh gameplay is right there so thank you so much have a blessed day everyone
2: thank you for having me have a good one all
0: right thank you everybody bye